This is a commune podcast. Poems to calm down to by Megha Rao. What are you saying? Oh, I mean, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. The sheer idea of celebrating my birthday is crazy. Okay, I am absolutely terrified of becoming old and seeing the people I love become old, and at some point you're gonna lose all of them. And ah, uh, no. I mean, I know it's a part of life, and I, I, I might never be ready for it. And I should accept it. Yeah. But I miss being a kid. I really miss it. And and I know when you're a kid, you want to become an adult. Of course you do. Of course, because they've got everything sorted. They've got no rules. They've got authority. I mean, <laughs> what am I saying? I'm an adult now, and I know that's not true. But it's you know that transition phase is just ridiculous. You are figuring out a lot of things, and then one day you realize you can't have everything figured out, and it's just. Yeah, adulting is weird. Yeah. As you grow older, you realize adulting doesn't come with a script. That most of the time, you're still indecisive and unequipped. That Santa Claus breaking into your house at midnight is criminal behavior. that a new gray hair keeps popping up every new year that the tooth fairy exchanging wishes for your broken milk teeth is but a tradeswoman fascinated by barter systems in mesopotamia so she borrowed the idea the golden apples hercules stole in all those bedtime stories were just oranges and they don't teach you that in colleges that after hearing rumors of Walt Disney being pro Nazi you love him less he's not the best because you can't separate the art from the artist so you tell your childhood that it will be missed and then there's that first boy you kissed the one who reinstates your belief in fairy tales but the second one the second one teaches you the reality in romance that love is not destiny just circumstance before you know it you're interrupting your sister as she learns her rhymes that ringaringa roses isn't about roses it's about the plague nursery seems to leave that out and make it vague and then one day you grow up a little more and so does everyone else around you suddenly everyone's an adult too You're barely making it to your sister's graduation and your best friend's wedding to her long-distance lover, quitting jobs and watching everyone make babies and somehow it feels hard to recover. So maybe love is real after all. Maybe the golden apples were just oranges, but they still tasted so damn nice at such a low price, especially the ones your father brought home from Kerala. So as the years pass by, you realize adulting doesn't need a script or a manual or a tip. 
you still celebrate Christmas without Santa and trade your Disney cassettes for that new family show on Netflix that your mother's been dying to watch. Curl up with your brother drinking some rich scotch. You play home videos of your sister singing Ringa Ringa Roses during her bachelorette party and you don't talk about the plague. Instead, you talk about how she was so naughty. You run into the boy who broke your high school heart at the supermarket and the two of you talk about your new jobs and he tells you about his boyfriend. Slowly, things begin to mend. And one fine day, amidst all this growing up, you get mail from your mother saying that your father is a little sick. So you come home to your old house and find yourself poring over all too familiar childhood photos and you're seven again. The next day, your dad turns 70 and his last tooth falls out and you look at him proud. Before he goes to sleep, as you hand him his medicines, he smiles like a kid. And he tells you that he's kept his tooth under the pillow, says he's waiting by the window. And you swear, you don't know how, but that very night, the tooth fairy visits. I was a proper rowdy teenager. <laughs> oh man, I was very stubborn and I always did things that, you know, um, pissed off my parents. Sometimes I still do. I have just always been quite strange, naughty as a person and had strangely been called too old for my age. I don't know. I mean, I like to think it means being wise. <laughs> but yeah, with time, I also learned that I don't always have to be a rebel without a cause. The only motive for that, if you have to be, is that there's a cause. The only motive for that is if there's a cause. So now I choose my battles. I think one major thing that changed when I grew up was my relationship with my parents. I no longer saw them as two people who controlled me or drew all these boundaries on my freedom and sometimes made me look like a fool in front of other people. I started seeing them as the most important parts of me. And our equation turned around. How is it that when you're younger, your priorities are like being popular and having all these kids like you and eating ice cream every day, but later it becomes family and the three best friends in your life and everything becomes about love, everything. You remember it all vividly. Every single day that went by quietly, your mother's mustard yellow sari at a movie theater where everyone was dressed in casuals. Being a parent, needed manuals. 
her palm over your eyes during a kissing scene even when you were already a teen because she found it inappropriate as you watched her patience deteriorate. Papa, singing the very same Britney Spears song you were playing in the morning in his thick Indian accent, it sounded like a warning just as you were sneaking your boyfriend into the bedroom. His first selfie on Facebook captioned, Good morning, my daughter took this pic, XOXO. Something you still remember in slow-mo, successfully embarrassing you throughout your teenage years, reducing you to constant tears. Could they blame you for being one of those kids who wanted to bring fake parents to PTA meetings? Or the kid who started crying when your father tried to be hashtag millennial in front of the first girl who thought you were fun enough to be her friend until it turned into a dead end. Or what about those times your mother screamed your pet name on the sidelines when you were running on the track, well at least she had your back. I mean, how could you ever tell them that while you were never up to their standards in the grade department. They were never up to yours in the cool department. <laughs> so you didn't. You couldn't. You grew up instead and everything went unsaid. You see, it's only when you grow old do you start noticing your parents tenfold. How adorable they are when they're scratching their grey hair while learning how to delete their search history, it's still a mystery. Or buying things you don't need with their pension fund or getting excited about an Amazon refund. When you were young, they seemed lame, easy to blame, but as the years go by, you understand their childish innocence, their beautiful, naive temper tantrums their absurd actions and sweet imperfections. So now, when your mother comments on the poems you write with, you are my darling baby, your eyes get a little hazy and you take a screenshot so you can read it on the bad days. It's something to keep always. And when your dad tags you in humiliating baby snaps, wearing matching Disneyland caps on your 26th birthday, you share it and wonder why when they tell you to accept your flaws, your petals and your claws and be kind to yourself, they never remind you to accept your parents' flaws and be kind to them, to call and say thank you for all those squeaky toys and Johnson's baby shampoo for once changing your smelly diapers and pulling all-nighters, to never forget to appreciate them despite your differences and pamper them once in a while, try to make them smile, to forgive them for their unconditional love only and only because they can't help it. You know, my favorite parent figure was Atticus Finch from Harper Lee's Pulitzer Prize winning novel called To Kill a Mockingbird, yeah. I mean, in my head, he is very good looking, very smart, of course, because he's a lawyer. But what is really amazing about him is 
He's a very good person, very kind, very soft-hearted, very honest and so full of principles. I failed to read this book and left it midway the first time I picked it up. But last year for my birthday, my best friend bought me this graphic novel of this book. And I fell in love with it. So I went back to the classic and I read the whole thing and oh, it was so beautiful. Yeah, it's very powerful, so you should read it. I've got to go now because I've not had black tea in three hours and that is not a good sign. Especially because I can already feel it in my body. The cranky, moody, why has this day begun kind of feeling. So yeah, wrapping this up. You have a nice day. Hey, this is Megha Rao and I am the host of Poems to Calm Down To. If you've ever wanted to start your own podcast, you might think you need all kinds of equipment to set it up. It turns out all you need is Anchor. Anchor is an all-in-one free tool from Spotify that lets you create your own podcast and get it heard everywhere. With Anchor, you can record, edit, and be heard on all listening platforms. It all works in your web browser or right from Anchor's mobile app. And best of all, it's totally free. Make your podcast with Anchor today by going to anchor.fm. That's anchor.fm. This is a Commune production. This episode was produced by Vishal Belwal and Anil Chauhan. All poems were written and performed by Megha Rao. This is a Commune Podcast.